This is the DGen Football Podcast. I am your host, Darius, and with me, as always, my two good friends, Mitch and Bean. And guys, we are officially halfway through the 2022-2023 NFL season, and that means we've got a special show today. Uh, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long episode. we got a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, we're going to start it with our normal uh, previous week recap, meaning we're going to look back at week nine this week. Uh, Bean's going to give us the bad news with how we did betting. Then we're going to go through our winners and losers of the week and finish it up with a fantasy football recap. Then, as a special midway point check-in, we are going to look at, one, how our preseason picks are looking, and two, we're going to give ourselves a chance to redeem with some new picks. Then, we're going to get back into our normal preview of the upcoming week, so we'll look to the Week 10 slate, starting with the Thursday night preview of hopefully round two of a slugfest with the Falcons and Panthers. Then we're going to go over our betting preview with our locks of the week, long shot bets, overs, unders, and then we'll wrap it up with the games of the week. So let's kick it off. Bean, how did we do betting in week nine? Yeah, well, week nine, definitely a uh, a mixed bag for sure. Um, Mitch, you went two and three. Um, but Darius and I were clear of the 500, going four and one each. Um, and I was pretty proud of myself this week because my long shot hit. Um, it nearly was a perfect 5-0, and if not for Mitch's um, under hitting, which was the Raiders-Jacksonville game of 48. So he got that one right. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I think a good week, considering that we have a long shot bet in there for us to be 500 or above. Apart from that, so yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it, and I I feel good going four and one as well. Also, with my long shot bet hitting, uh, I regret not taking the Jets money line. Instead, I just took them plus six. Either way, it's a win. Um, unfortunately, we are zero and three in the past three weeks in the lock of the week parlay. Uh, but I believe in us. I think we can turn it around this week. Um. We went one for three in that in the parlay this week, so not a great look. But I, I think we can turn it around this week. Absolutely. So you're telling me it wasn't all my fault this week? No, it was not. Your Packers minus three and a half was definitely the worst pick. Uh, <laughs> but Bean had the Vikings minus three and a half, and they only covered three. Um, so we did miss out on two legs. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed at that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, frustrating, frustrating look there. But again, all we need is what we need to go one for six with the lock of the week parlay and we will be profitable. Speaking of profitability, we've got some winners of the week coming up next. Mitch, we're going to kick it over to you in week nine. Who won your week? You know what, boys? I'm tired of winner of the week. So I'm going to give you my winner of the first half of the season. He's been my winner of the week twice of the week already. 
I'm sure you all know who it is. It is QB1 of the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. That was a crazy rush that he had, 61 yards for a touchdown, set an NFL record for, for most rushing yards in a game by a quarterback. And finally, the people of Chicago realize how good he really is, and it warms my heart. So look out, NFL, for the next five to ten years, the Bears might actually have a quarterback who is decent. Yeah, and they're actually putting some uh, some weapons around them with Chase Claypool. Um, they had a, a true shot at uh, beating the Dolphins there. And Miami's a good team. And, and one of the, the stats that I saw the last five weeks, Fields has been putting up good numbers. Four of those teams are playoff contenders right now. So it's not like they're playing nobodies, um, which I really like. Although this week coming up, they have the Lions. So I think that could be a real shot for them to to really prove how much better they are now than they were, you know, week one, two, or three. I, I get the feeling I know who your lock of the week is this week, but we will get there when we get there. Bean, I'll kick it over to you. Who was your winner of the week in week nine? Well, I'll stay with the NFC North, but first an honorable mention for um, the Ravens on third down because they converted nine out of 15 third downs in that win against the Saints. Um, without Mark Andrews, without Gus Edwards, without J.K. Dobbins, without um, Rashad Bateman, who's out for the season. Um, basically, a tight end in Devin DuVernay. And uh, R- Lamar Jackson came out of there with 14-point wins. So, L- Ravens third down conversions is an honorable mention. But my winner of the week is the Detroit Lions red zone defense. How good was that? <laughs> I mean, oh, I the, love it. Great pick. The, the Aiden Hutchinson flying interception. Like, those th- those are the throws that Aaron Rodgers makes in his sleep. Um, we're so accustomed to seeing them, like, just go into the end zone and a pack a receiver being there. But the Detroit, it feels like the Lions were, like, training with Aaron Rodgers the whole week because they knew where he was going to throw it. Um, and they deserved that win. And so they're, they're, they're my winner of the week. Great, great pick, and I love that you you focused on the red zone defense because, um, surprisingly, their offense did not look very good. Um, only putting mm-hmm. up 15 points whenever Jared Goff and that run game has been a high-powered machine this year. Uh, my winner of the week, Mitch, cover your ears. You knew this was coming. It's people like myself, Joe Mixon fantasy owners. uh joe mixon 22 rushes 153 yards four rushing touchdowns along with his four catches for 58 yards and an additional touchdown um probably the biggest scoring fantasy player i've ever had in a single week um yeah all around he he practically won me this week. So shout out Joe Mixon. And I imagine all other fantasy owners like me are feeling great as their winners of the week. Couldn't argue with that. You know, it's ironic because my first loser of the week line was anyone who played Joe Mixon in fantasy, <laughs> me. <laughs> and it is definitely the greatest performance that I have seen since... Peyton Manning's first season with the Broncos, I drafted him and he threw like seven touchdowns every single game. Yeah, that was that was a pretty ridiculous start to his season there. But otherwise, yeah, no, Joe Mixon absolutely went off. I saw that early and I was like, well, good thing two of my best or my best player and another one of my uh, kind of important players were both on bye this week. So 
I'll hand you the W and I'll get it back later in the year. Don't worry. <laughs> we will see about that. Um, Mitch, was that your official loser of the week or uh, did you have somebody else uh, who was not an honorable mention? Um, I, I have a couple more that I can, can throw out there. You know, I also put Aaron Rodgers as a loser of the week because, you know, he played pretty terribly, lost to the Lions. You can't really do that. Uh, I also had the Cardinals, who are now 0-2 since the new Call of Duty release. Thanks, Kyler Murray. Um, but my biggest loser of the week, I'm going to say is the Bills. Uh, they got covered in sauce and are only half a game up in the division right now on both the Jets and the Dolphins, who I think can make this a really interesting race going down. I think we had thought the Bills were going to really run away with this this season, and it's not shaping up to be quite as easy as we originally expected. Yeah, that's and, and with Josh Allen potentially dealing with uh, a, a pretty serious injury, it, oh, it could yeah, be exactly. could be bad bad news for Buffalo. Uh, Bean, I'll kick it over to you. I know you had at least one honorable mention for loser of the week. Let's hear that, and then uh, your official pick. Well, yeah, loser of the week. I mean, Mitch had Justin Fields being on here like twice. I'm going to have another quarterback make his second appearance on this segment, or, or I'm going to rant about him, I guess. Uh, Derek Carr. Because this week, Derek Carr became um, the quarterback this season to give up three 17-point uh, leads in a game for the third time this season. They've lost six games, and three of those have been games where they should have closed out. So the Ravens basically transferred all their like powers to the Raiders, and um, it, it's kind of crazy that this happens. Really, it, it's it's embarrassing, and it happened to the Jack. It happened against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and again, where again Devonte Adams, his production was like un, undisputed. Um, so honorable mention, but the biggest loser of the week are the Colts. I'm sorry, that press conference, Jim Irsay, was just off the rails, off the charts. And I know, like Jeff Saturday was like a consultant for the Colts for all these years but I'm sorry that's just like it's so awkward and embarrassing for all the coaches who already work at the Colts who are thinking hey this may be a chance that I might get to like call some plays maybe like you know be a leader for this team I'm sorry Jeff Saturday is not a good hire it's just like oh billionaire's buddy kind of situation so Colts clowns of the season contenders for that yeah, yeah, I I like that pick for loser of the week because when I saw Jeff Saturday, uh, I think I like you and many other people just very confused. Uh, I get that he was a great player for them and he still helps out with the organization, but uh, there's a reason that players play and coaches coach. Um, we'll see. Prove me wrong, Jeff, but I I also don't like the pick. You know. I saw a crazy conspiracy theory about this. The 2024 draft is Marvin Harrison Jr. And 2025 will be Arch Manning. Are they just tanking to have another Manning to Harrison connection in Indianapolis? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting take. Interesting take. Uh, They still got a, what, two more years of tanking to make, or three more years of tanking to make that happen. So uh, that's really committing to the future, if that's the case. Hey, you know, some of us are playing chess and others are playing. No, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I also had a couple honorable mentions for loser of the week. You guys kind of talked about them though. I said the Raiders because of their blown leads. I said the Packers because uh, they don't have their dominance over the Lions anymore. Um, but my big loser of the week being I took a similar route to you where the team is still in a good position, but took a, a major blow this week. And that's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they went up 10 to nothing over the chargers. Um, and then they had the game back and forth. It was 17 apiece, And then, uh, they forced a fumble, they picked it up, they returned it quite a ways, and then they fumbled, gave it right back, and let the Chargers kick the game-winning field goal. So, I mean, that's that's obviously all around a terrible, terrible way to lose. But the main reason that I picked them as my loser of the week is because Tom Brady led the Buccaneers to yet another game-winning drive and reclaimed first place in the NFC South, which they're tied, but still technically they're in first. And I feel like that's just, that zapped all the momentum that the Falcons had in uh, their hype for winning that division. I hope it's not. I'd love to see the Falcons win it, but uh, that's a major, major blow to lose in the way that they did while your division rival wins in the way that they did. Yeah. I think I think Cordero Patterson coming back was definitely a boost for them. Um, and Tyler Algier had 99 yards of rushing. But I, I guess Marcus Mariota himself, like, I get, uh, uh, is that train slowly, slowly like, coming to a halt? I wonder. Um, and that also might be Cincinnati bias in there. But, uh, you know, Des- I mean, a little bit of Desmond Ritter. A loss this week to the Panthers. And uh, I think you could make that argument. Absolutely. Um, cool. Well, that's our winners and losers of the week. Uh, let's wrap up week with our fantasy football recap. Uh, Bean, I'm going to kick it to you first because, uh, Mitch asked you to do something last week to which you refused and said you would after this week. So, um, could you just do me a favor and read the scoreboard off? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i got deferred to this week but yeah before before anything i would just like to mention that there was an epic matchup as you guys heard in the last episode between mitch and darius and at the time i said i would not i would not make any predictions as to who's gonna win but now that the week's over darius wins by 42 fantasy points um with the help of you know joe mixon his his shoulders are slightly bigger this week but um yeah, that, that was a non-contest. So, Darius, congratulations on your victory. And, uh, yeah, pretty well-deserved. So Thank you. Thank you, Ian. I can only say one thing. One of us is currently second in the league, and the other one is currently out of the playoffs. So, who really won? Hey, it's not about how you start. It's about getting hot at the right time. <laughs> and uh, I'd just like to throw out there that I, I am currently on a three-game winning streak while uh, – you might be in second in the league. I just need to finish top eight and uh, get hot, and I'm winning the league. Yeah, it's been an interesting season for sure, Darius. Like you and I both started with really terrible like records, but now I think it's like slowly picking up. I'm on a two game win streak as well. We have the same record. I think you're just outside the the playoff picture because of points scored. 
Um, but as you mentioned, uh, Mitch, this week, winner of the week, Justin Fields was my top scorer, 48 fantasy points. Man was just on fire running the ball. I think they should just do more of that. Eberflus, just run the ball with Fields, have more design runs. He's not scared. He, he ran for a 61-yard touchdown. Um, and I think Chicago is slowly turning a corner, um, which is good to see. Um, honorable mentions, Cooper Cup, Kenneth Walker with two touchdowns. But my least scoring player this week, weirdly, was Mike Evans. Um, I know it wasn't Brady's best game. Mike Evans was targeted 11, targeted 11 times in that game. But he had only five catches for 40 yards. So, yeah, I hope he picks up next week. But uh, I won my week by 57 fantasy points. So I'm not complaining too much. And I believe that you and I were one and two as far as the highest scoring teams in the league this week. Um so yeah, I don't, I don't think either of us have a whole lot of negatives to talk about. Uh, but kicking off of that, I had another. I also had a weird lowest scorer in uh, Gabe Davis. Uh, he only put up four, a little over four points this week. Um, Got to wonder if something to do with the Josh Allen injury. Maybe Sauce Garner just had him draped. But they're going against the Vikings secondary this week. I'm going back and forth about keeping him in my lineup for – Versus putting in Deontay Johnson. We'll see. But uh, yeah, Gabe Davis with the two weeks in a row now, he's been my lowest scorer. Mitch, you want to you wanna share your great week? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's tough when the best player on your team is on bye in Saquon Barkley. That, that never helps out a whole lot. And his replacement got me a whole .72 of a point. Thank you very much, Buffalo, and your running back. Don't even want to say your name because it annoys me so much at this point. But that's fine. Uh, my top score of the week, though, was my other running back, Derrick Henry. Unfortunately, the Titans came up just short in that game. But, you know, Henry still had a pretty good week overall. Not anything spectacular, you know, across the board on my fantasy team. Just everybody was pretty average and typical. No elect- electricity and nobody other than, you know, the backups that I had to play really uh, upset me too much so we move on on to week 10 in fantasy and uh, hopefully getting back on the dub train that we will see um, hey I have taken down the top two people in back-to-back weeks took down uh, who was the number one guy two weeks ago and then I took you down this week so like I said I'm getting hot and this week I've got the number 12 guy so uh Watch, this is going to be the one week that his team just goes off. Wouldn't surprise me. With fantasy, you just never know. No. Uh, cool. Well, that wraps up week nine. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of teams on by, which, uh, I mean, shout out. Uh, I guess honorable mention winners of the week. Uh, we've got Broncos and Steelers fans um, for not having to see your team lose this weekend. Oh, so, um, yeah, honorable mention winners of the week. It was it was fun to not have to uh, watch the Steelers play. I actually got to get a little bit of skiing in this weekend instead of having to watch the Steelers lose. So that was a big win for me. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought it was a fun weekend of football. Uh, nothing too crazy exciting um, outside of a couple games. But um, before we get to this – exciting uh week 10 slate guys we are halfway through the season meaning 
it's time to look back at how bad our preseason picks were and maybe adjust them a little bit so we have a shot at redemption for the second half of the year. So let's kick it off with our playoff pictures. So, Bean, I'll kick it over to you because you have everything written down from preseason. Could you remind us of our Super Bowl predictions from the preseason? Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. I I honestly, I looked back at this this afternoon and I was like chuckling a little bit because the whole picture of the NFL in preseason versus when it starts and when it kicks off and it's just so different. But Mitch, we'll start with you. Your Super Bowl pick was the Buffalo Bills against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, which is still slightly realistic. Um, if the Bucks win two, three games in a row, Darius, yours was a little less realistic with the LA Chargers beating the Green Bay Packers in Oof. the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Chargers still could make it, but the Packers, I'm not sure they're going to make it out of their division, which can also apply to me because I had the Packers also being in the Super Bowl against the, the Buffalo Bills. Um, so some commonalities there being that we both have te- we all three have teams that will potentially not make it. Yeah, uh, all around I'd say not the best Super Bowl predictions for us. <laughs> um, before we get to our updated Super Bowl predictions, uh, let's give our playoff pictures. So Mitch, I'll turn it over to you first. Um, let's do the AFC. Who do you have entering the playoff? Well, you know, I got to stick with the Bills, of course. Um, And then, you know, I think I'm going pretty much down the line with what the picture looks like more like now. So we got the Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, and Titans winning the divisions. Um, I don't think that picture is going to change a whole lot. Um, I think the real interesting race to me is in the AFC East. I think the Jets and the Dolphins have a, a shot. And then rounding it out, I'm probably going to have to favor the Bengals for that last uh, place in the playoffs. You know, the Chargers might be my eighth team, but I think they just have a little bit tougher of a road ahead of them than the Bengals do to make it. But it wouldn't surprise me either way with either one of those two teams. Yeah, Mitch, I really like it. Um, I'll, I'll jump in now just because I think our playoff – teams from the AFC are exactly the same, but our order is different. Um, I actually have the Dolphins jumping the Bills in the AFC East standings. Um, So I had Chiefs one and then Dolphins two uh, with the Ravens and Titans both winning their divisions. I have the Bills as the top uh, wildcard team, uh, the Bengals at number six, and then the Jets at number seven. Uh, the only reason I like the Dolphins over the Bills are because, one, Tua is finally healthy, and they have yet to lose a game where Tua plays the whole thing. And uh, Josh Allen not looking so healthy right now, so I could see them dropping a couple games. Yeah, I could see that as well, depending on how severe that injury is. Yeah, right, right, and I imagine he'll play through it for a while, but uh, how much will it affect him? Uh, Bean, your AFC playoff picture. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with the the Bills going to the Super Bowl. Um, but 
apart from that, I have the Chiefs winning their division, the Titans winning their division, um, the Bills winning their division, although somewhat closer than previously thought. I think I think the Dolphins will give it a go. And the Baltimore Ravens. And then I'll have Cincinnati. I would say the New York Jets might make the playoffs. There might be three teams from the AFC East. And then the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, no Bengals then. The, the defending AFC champions not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I guess... Well, I guess it's going to be close. It's just going to be a, a record thing, and the Bengals right now are five and four. So, I I don't know. It, it was tough. It was tough for sure. Yeah, I think the the biggest question is how healthy can the Chargers get? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely like a long shot if if you had to put that in a, in betting terms. For sure. Yeah. I, I think it's funny how I had the Chargers winning the Super Bowl, and now I don't even have them in my playoff picture uh, <laughs> 10 weeks later. So um, anyway, NFC playoff pictures. I'll jump right back to you, Bean, who you got. All right, so winning their divisions, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. No surprise. Um, I'm going to keep – I'm going to stay on the Geno Smith train. I think the Geno Smith train is right now chugging along quite well. Um, I know we'll talk about their game coming up soon in Germany, but um, they should be favorites in that one. Minnesota. And then in the NFC South, I'm going to have the Buccaneers winning, but it's going to be like pretty close. Um, And then the teams making it are going to be the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Bucks, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants. So the Rams are going to miss out. I like it, and I I have that same playoff picture. Um, so, yeah, I like it a lot. I think I like three teams from the NFC Beast. Oh yeah, it's the East. <laughs> the East is just is just popping this year. Yeah, true, true, and I think that's a shock to everybody because uh, I expected the Commanders and the Giants to be absolutely atrocious. I expected the Cowboys to be mediocre and the Eagles to be slightly above average. So uh, all four teams have just blown that out of the water. It's, it's that kind of year. <laughs> yep. um, Boys, I have the exact same NFC playoff picture. So we are well, all we're, we're all going to be looking a fool together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it's crazy to me. The commanders at four and five are the worst team in the NFC East and would be the best team in the NFC South. <laughs> yep. But how that works. All right, so we have our playoff pictures. Mitch, who is playing in the Super Bowl and who is winning it? Oh, that's a really tricky question. I think I'm going to keep the Bills because, you know, I can't be a sellout and change that one. But coming from the NFC, I think that's a real big toss-up. You know, looking at the Cowboys and the Giants, I don't think either one of those teams can prove themselves in the playoffs. So I might have to go with the Eagles. I think they are the best team in the NFC right now. Um, in my, I think they're going to be playing against the Vikings in the the NFC Championship game. Ooh, all right. And then who wins the Super Bowl? I think the Bills are the better team if Josh Allen is healthy by that point. So I'm going to go with the Bills. All right, all right. I like it. Uh, Bean, your Super Bowl matchup. All right, so I have changed my Super Bowl matchup. The Bills are still going to be there. But from the NFC, it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. Um, 
Yeah, I just think I just think you know to Mitch's point, um, the Cowboys and the Giants are not going to be factors, and for some reason I feel like the Eagles seem like the Arizona Cardinals of last year. You know, unbeaten run to start, and then once you start losing, things don't go right. It, it just it's just like a young group of guys, minus you know eight people like AJ Brown and like Fletcher Cox and a few other guys here and there. It just feels like this is going to be the season where they like sort of hit a brick wall at the end of it. I'm just like waiting for it. So. 49ers, stacked offense, stacked defense, go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Bills. I don't know, being somebody who's bet against the Eagles a whole bunch of times this year, I can't can't put it into words how much I don't think they're going to hit a brick wall because I think it would have come already. I agree, but you're also not good at NFL betting. That's also true. (laughs) When you fade yourself, you might realize that. (laughs) Yeah, Bean, I think it's really interesting bring that up because all i can think of is going back to the steelers from two years ago when they started 11 and 0 and then lost like six or seven in a row and ended up losing in the wild card game so um i i I don't think that'll happen to the eagles i actually i have the eagles and 49ers playing in the nfc championship game i think the 49ers are really the only team that can give the eagles a run for their money but I still like the Eagles. I think it's going to be Eagles Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, I thought the Chiefs might take a step back, losing Tyreek Hill. They have not. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be Eagles Chiefs in the Super Bowl with the Eagles completing the first perfect season since Don Shula's Dolphins. Oh wow, that's a bold one. Although looking back at uh, the major championships that have happened in the last couple of weeks betting on the a philadelphia team to win not a hot look right now <laughs> <laughs> true that but uh i think the eagles are the best of the philadelphia teams so yep i can't disagree with that yeah they'll be they'll be greasing up those light poles in philadelphia right <laughs> now yeah definitely uh, cool. Any other, well, I guess being, I'll, I'll turn it to you. Um, so I know at the beginning of the year, we, we all made some, some predictions and bets. Uh, we'll get to the player ones here in just a minute, but as far as, um, team bets, can you just remind us of, uh, some of maybe the good, but more, more than likely the bad bets that we made at the beginning of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there's some honorable mentions here for team futures, I guess. So we all agreed. I'll start on a sort of more normal note, I guess. We all agreed that the NFC South would be won by the Buccaneers, but it would be close, and that's how it's panning out right now. Although we didn't think it would be the Falcons. We thought it would be the Saints um, challenging the uh, the Buccaneers. So that's going well. But we also all had the Packers winning the NFC North and the, and the Vikings not even being a factor. So that, that's a little bit of a, um, you know, I, if you want to look back in time and you think, what was I thinking about there? Like the Packers are what, three and six. I think at one point we mentioned Alan Lazard to lead the NFL in receiving yards. That was a plus 5,000 bet at the time. It's not looking good. It no, is he looking- is. Uh, I, I looked earlier. He is currently 35th. In receiving this year, um, I mean, so I guess he's technically beating his uh, fifty to one odds right now because he's thirty fifth. But uh, yeah, not not a great look on on either of those Packers picks. And it's kind of interesting to bring up this Packers 
Packer pick right after they lose to the Lions. I mean, that was unheard of, like Mitch mentioned earlier. But anyway, moving on to some other ridiculous future um, future predictions we made. Colts to win the AFC South. Again, another cloud moment just to like mention that after what happened in the last couple of oof. days. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> oof. That's all I can say there. <laughs> big oof. Um, and then finally, to top it all off, this four-tier kick, the cherry on top, is the Rams to win the NFC West and the Seahawks in last. So we just, we just botched that one up. Uh, that, I mean, the Cardinals, I think, are the only thing keeping that from completely flipping on its head with the Seahawks right. being first and the Rams being last. But, uh, yeah, that, tough look. Tough look yeah. on us. Um that's why we're the DGen football podcast. Uh, we don't claim to be the uh, sports betting pros podcast. Absolutely. And then just to throw out a really, really foolish bet that I, I think I mentioned during our that that episode. Brandon Staley plus fourteen hundred to be coach of the year. Ooh, the man who Ooh. loves going going for it on fourth down in his own in his own twenty five yard line. Not looking good this year for him, but could be a lot worse. Yeah, to be fair, you could have picked a coach that was already fired. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Frank Reich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of individuals, um, here's how we'll do this segment. So, so Bean, I'm going to keep you as, as on the lead role. Um, if you could just – I'll tell you what segment we're going to do. And if you could just remind us of who our original picks were, and uh, we will either – back them up here at this midseason point or maybe refute it and uh pick somebody else so uh let's start with uh comeback player of the year uh who did we pick and uh then we'll go around with who we've got as our top choice all right i'm gonna save mitch's for last because it's the best one my comeback player of the year was christian mccaffrey um which is looking decent comeback player of the year for you darius was derrick henry who's on pace uh, for another really good rushing season. And uh, Mitch, I'm sorry, but your comeback player of the year was J.K. Dobbins. Ooh. <laughs> and unfortunate <laughs> for him, he's been out injured. And I think he's out for another three, four weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so. Yeah, we win some, we lose most. Okay. Yeah, tough, uh, tough pick. I have to um, refute that one. And and if I had to put money on who I think the the comeback player of the year is gonna be, you know the chalk pick is to go with Geno Smith right now at minus one thirty five, but I I truly am gonna ride with one of my fantasy running backs in Saquon Barkley who's got the number two odds right now at plus one forty. I love that. That was my pick too. He's been brilliant. Also, oh, Bean, you're uh, you're updating your pick as well. Then. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought about going Saquon. Uh, as somebody who does have money on Derrick Henry winning comeback player of the year, I'm feeling okay. Um, but uh, if I had to put down more money right now, it, it would have to be Geno Smith. Um, the Seahawks in nine weeks have already well surpassed their projected win total. Um, I guess not well surpassed, but they're they were projected over under five and they're already so um and geno smith has been a huge part of that he's proved that he can play just as well or just as high of a level if not higher than russell wilson so 
Shout out to Gino. Uh, so he he's my updated pick. But again, where my money being on Derrick Henry, I don't don't mind it. Yeah, my only fear with Gino is like, what if the Seahawks kind of run into a wall, end up lo- not getting first place in the division? Everybody's like, oh well, maybe Gino's not as good. He just had a hot start to the season. Whereas with like a running back, it's a little bit harder to blame them for a team's loss than it is for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's a very valid point, and uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second, um, because I I don't think the Seahawks are going to fall off, and we'll kind of work backwards on this one. My new pick for offensive rookie of the year is Kenneth Walker, and uh, I think because they have the two headed monster as far as the passing and the running game, um, I don't think that that offense is really going to slow down. Um, so yeah, I like, I like the Seahawks. I like Gino. And then my new pick for offensive rookie of the year is Kenneth Walker, but Bean, who did we pick at the beginning of the year? All right. So this is where Mitch shines through. So Darius, unfortunately you and I had George Pickens as our offensive rookie of the year, which to be fair, there've been some quarterback struggles in Pittsburgh, but, um, it seemed like a, it's, it seemed like a good prediction at the time. Um, Mitch though came out through with flying colors, and I think Chris Olave was your pick, and he is—I think he's in like he's in the third or fourth favorite right now, as far as he, Vegas is concerned. He's currently number three behind yeah. Kenneth Walker and Damian Pierce. I, I honestly like even he has quarterback struggles. I mean, Andy Dalton is throwing to him. I mean, no offense to Andy Dalton, but I mean, Saints are just not good in that position, and he's he's putting up big numbers. Um, and Darius, just to go back to your. Uh, offensive rookie of the year pick now I completely agree with you Kenneth Walker is my my pick as well and I think when the Seahawks have a lead going into the fourth quarter they just like give him the ball and he just makes things happen I've seen like because I follow him on fantasy like he probably has like seven eight points until the third quarter and then the next thing you know he has like two rushing touchdowns and he wins you the week so big props to Kenneth Walker yeah agreed and and I um, you guys mentioned that Damian Pierce is currently number two in those odds, and I'd like him a lot more, but his team is just so bad that I don't think he can can earn that that title. Yeah, agreed. But but I do think he's going to be a key piece in the rebuilding of that team. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, but they have a ridiculous number of first and second round picks over the next few years. So, um, I think I think I made the prediction of. What, I, th- I I don't remember. I think I said Texans, Super Bowl champions in 2025. Yeah, I think you might have mentioned that. Yeah, I think I think that was that was my pick. I'd have to go back and listen to the tapes, but I think I made a pick something like that. With Derek Carr at QB. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you said that part. I don't think I said that part. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to merge our, uh, you know, predictions. That's pretty bold when they got to go through the Bears and Justin Fields still. So, we'll <laughs> see. all right, all right. <laughs> I mean, but no, the Texans and the Bears do have a lot of first round picks uh, coming up this year. I think they have two apiece, although the Texans are shaping up to be two top 10 picks, if I remember correctly, which is pretty wild. Yeah, true that. Um, well, let's flip to the other side. Let's go defensive rookie of the year. Uh, who did we? I think we were all in agreement on this one, um, mostly because of our. University of Cincinnati ties, but uh, Bean, could you just remind us? Yeah, sure. Actually, Darius, you and I picked Sauce Gardner 
um, for the Defensive Rookie of the Year, which is looking brilliant, and that's why I haven't changed my pick on that one. Mitch did mention Aiden Hutchinson as well, who's very good shout after last week, um, and he's been he's been really good as well. But Mitch, you also mentioned Sauce Gardner, so we were all pretty much in agreement that uh, our boy's gonna do do as well. And and you know when when he, when he has a game where he takes one of the cheese heads and put it on, puts it on his head after the Jets win by 17 points at Lambeau. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think I think him being a fan favorite really helps his odds too because he's going to get a lot of or he's getting a lot of publicity. Yep. Yeah, he is currently minus money for defensive rookie of the year. I saw one sports book, uh, at least in Colorado, um, they because Sauce Garner is playing so well. Uh, they cashed out every anybody who bet on him to win Rookie of the Year. They cashed it as a win already. That's wow. pretty epic. Yeah, that's a pretty cool promotion. And I wish I would have placed the bet on uh, that book, but I didn't. So I've got to got to wait the full season to to win my plus one thousand odds bet. But I know it's going to happen, and I'm sticking with Sauce. Wouldn't blame you. <laughs> Uh, let's stay on the defensive side, uh, but we're looking at more veteran players now. Defensive player of the year. Um, I think there are at least I had a bad beat on this one. I believe a couple of us did. Uh, who did we who did we take? Yeah, for the DPOY. Um, Nick Bosa was a name that I threw out and Mitch threw out as well. Um, but we also mentioned TJ Watt. And, you know, considering that TJ Watt was robbed of a DPOY a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was. And won it very recently. It was a good shout, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And you could say the same thing about Nick Bosa. So they're not looking really good right now. Which is why I have changed my pick, no surprisingly, to Micah Parsons. Yeah, I've I've also changed mine to him. I think he's the clear front runner. He's been just a force on the defensive line and a key reason why the Cowboys are looking like a playoff team right now. Yep. Yeah. Being we're sitting here saying how Nick Bosa is like not even close to anything. And Michael Parsons is the way to go. Currently Nick Bosa has the second best odds to win defensive player of the year. That's just how, healthy. Yeah. That's just how insane Michael Parsons has been this year. So I think you'd have to be crazy not to switch your vote to him, but at his current odds, I don't know if it's really worth putting any money down, though. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm I, I'm sticking with my preseason picks. I'm not going to put any any additional midseason money down. But if I had to, I, I think I like Micah Parsons just undeniable at this point. Absolutely. Uh, offensive player of the year. Um, who'd we have? Well, so this one was interesting because you both had Derrick Henry as your offensive player of the year, which is looking quite good, as we mentioned earlier, with the comeback player category. But I had um, Debo Samuel as my offensive player of the year, which is, you know, now, now with all that's happened with the 49ers, their injuries up and down form, and now Christian McCaffrey getting in there, I, I don't see him sticking with that. So before I say anything about my upcoming pick, I just want to ask you guys, are you still going to stick with Derrick Henry? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. I, he's currently leading the NFL in rushing. 
I know I had a futures bet on him to finish the season with the most rushing yards. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with Derrick Henry. He's a workhorse right now, especially with uh, Ryan Tannehill missing some time and uh, Malik Willis, who is not the passer that Tannehill is. Uh, they're they're just Derrick Henry is that offense. Yeah, Mitch, and I know you have him on fantasy, so you're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna ride with my boy, <laughs> Derrick Henry. I, I um, don't don't blame you. Yeah, I, I think if a running back wins it, it's gonna be him. You know, there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks with slightly better odds, but you know, I think at the end of the day, you got to give some love to some of the the boys who pound the rock. Yeah, but I changed my offensive player of the year to Tyreek Hill. I think even in the two games that Tua was not healthy, he was still getting good production. He was averaging more than like 90 or 100 yards a game. Um, he had 143 yards this weekend. Um, he's not getting in the end zone as often as he does, but he's just he's just putting up big numbers and getting getting the the Dolphins downfield. Well, then that's where Jalen Waddle comes into play. So, Tyreek Hill is my sh- new shout for offensive player of the year. I, I do like that pick. Uh, unlike Derrick Henry, who's barely leading the NFL in rushing, Tyreek Hill is blowing out the NFL uh, or the rest of the the NFL receivers. It's it's not even close. Um, Justin Jefferson is about two hundred and fifty yards behind him at number two. So. Granted, he has played nine games to Justin Jefferson's eight, but uh, I still don't think Justin Jefferson's going to put up a 250-yard game. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Well, let's finish off our player awards with the the crown jewel of them all, the Heisman of the NFL, that is the MVP. Right. So moving on to the MVP, uh, Mitch, you and I in agreement – that it would be Josh Allen, although that was slightly thrown into doubt this week with his injury. But I think I think it still looks pretty good, at least from my perspective. The Bills are still one of the most complete teams. Um, Darius, your MVP. I think I think at the start of the season we were so focused on the AFC West that you had Russell Wilson or Justin Herbert. And we we couldn't predict the f- fact that Russell Wilson would have that sort of season as he's had until now, coming out of bye week, that he would have a Subway commercial. He would have um, those memes about him saying, let's ride in press conferences, and that they would have a losing record um, and only somehow be above the Raiders in third place in the AFC West. So I, I honestly th- thought at the start of the season that was a great pick, but Right now, it does not look like it. Yikes! Uh, let's ride, I guess, because <laughs> um, I because I still have money down on him. So I mean, maybe he can turn it around in the second half. But uh, I am gonna update my pick uh, to Jalen Hurts, um, the the QB behind the top ranked team in the NFL. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, what Jalen Hurts is doing is kind of, I guess, what I expected Russell Wilson to do, and clearly that's not happening. Yep, yeah, I, I think Jalen Hurts has been a silent, silent killer. He's he's really led the team well, and he's not putting up big numbers, but you know he he. I think last year to now, 
the Eagles like running game was like it was Boston Scott, it was Miles Sanders, it was Jalen Hurts, it was Kenneth Gainwell, and now they have like an actual like proper system for that, and of course AJ Brown. Um, so yeah, Jalen Hurts is doing a fantastic job at at the Eagles. So yeah, I like that. I also want to give a shout out to Lamar Jackson after last night's performance. I think he's very much in the in the discussion there. Yeah, I, I like it all. I think my my clear cut. If I had to choose somebody other than Josh Allen, would be Jalen Hurts. Um, Mahomes currently has the best or the lowest odds to win, but I don't really know why that is. I think that's just the media's obsession with him. I think Jalen Hurts has had the biggest impact and has shown the most for his team this year. You know, stats don't really matter that much. I think it's all about how you carry yourself as a quarterback and can you lead your team to a victory when they need you? And he's done a great job of doing that. Yep. Uh, well said. I like it. Bean, are you sticking with Josh Allen? Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with Josh Allen, but you know, I think Lamar Jackson might be uh, throwing a little bit of a spanner in the works for me in that department. As is Jalen Hurts, but I think I, Mitch, like you said, Lamar Jackson had no weapons last night against the Saints, and he pulled off that W by two scores. So I have to think about it. <laughs> Well, we'll see. We got a we got a whole another half of the season for everything to go wrong for us. Uh, cool. Well, that's our player awards. Let's finish it up with our uh, coach of the year predictions coming into the year. I don't believe we did this on our preseason prediction episode, but I think it's just fun to touch on uh, at this point now that we've seen some exciting football. Uh, Bean, who who's your favorite to win coach of the year at this point? Well, uh, Coach of the Year, I saw Nick Sirianni, Kevin O'Connell, but my Coach of the Year is Brian Dable because of who he has and, and who's on the Giants roster, right? Daniel Jones, not the best quarterback you can have. Kevin O'Connell has um, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Nick Sirianni has a very good Jalen Hurts this season. But Brian Dable has just, you know, he's made Saquon relevant this season. The defense is playing a lot better. The drafts, Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, has been a success. And the fact that the Giants are in playoff contention, it, like, speaks volumes about how good he's been this season. So, I'd give it to him. Agreed. Yeah, I uh, I think Nick Sirianni will win it. But Brian Dable is also my favorite he's just he's so fun to watch on the sidelines during games uh yeah i love the guy i love the guy <laughs> so yeah uh mitch how about you yeah i'm in agreement with both the points you just made i also really love kevin o'connell i mean anybody who makes the vikings into one of the best teams in the league you have adam schefter dr- dressing up as Kirk cousins in the pregame <laughs> shows right now like in what world is that supposed to happen as a, a Vikings quarterback? I just – I can't believe it. Um, I think any other year he would have won this award. But, yeah, I think Sirianni's pretty much got it wrapped up unless something catastrophic happens in the second half. Mitch, thanks for reminding me about that Adam Schefter moment. I really thought about putting <laughs> all of America's eyes as my loser of the week for having to see that. but You should have said it. <laughs> yeah. Um... You guys will have to remind me, though. Well, I, I, I guess I'll ask your opinion. With uh, Kirk Cousins' little appearance on the plane this past week and in, in all of his chains, um, do we think the Kirk Cousins' primetime curse 
is going to be broken now that he's taken the the bad boy persona or next time they play on primetime is it going to be classic primetime kirk because depending on the time slot they get when the playoffs come around i might need reminded even if they're 14 point favorites to bet against them we're we're going with classic primetime kirk did you see him on a uh, Peyton and Eli last night no i didn't i uh I was doing some other stuff, so I had the normal broadcast on. He was very much so not the bad boy Kirk Cousins. He uh, he was still good old little Kirk Cousins from. Oh, you the hate old to day. see it. All right, well, so so remind me then, guys. Remind me when the playoffs come around and we're recording, and I say, guys, I'm picking the Vikings. I love it. Um, just just remind me of this conversation, uh, unless they've got like the one o'clock slot. Um, but if they're playing 6 p.m. or later, uh-uh, nope. I'm you got to have me bet against them. Yeah, okay. I think I think the only loss that Kirk Cousins has this season is primetime away at Philly. I mean, granted, it is Philly, but it was the only primetime game I believe they were on. So it's just a good thing that next week's game or this week's game against Buffalo is at 1 p.m. So yeah, true that. True that. Well, I think that's a great segue into. Uh, out of the the midseason check-in and into the week 10 preview guys um yeah we're halfway through we're killing it uh some some good picks there some not so good picks um but overall i i would say we've had a pretty successful betting season i don't think anybody's down too much money uh bean i forgot to have you check in on what our overall records are um but maybe we can do that next week. Yeah, for sure. But for this week, let's kick it off with Thursday night. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that this was a Thursday night game, mm-hmm. I would have told you I'm going to bed early. But after their their uh, absolute shootout a few weeks back, we've got the Atlanta Falcons at minus three traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Over under sitting at 44. Mitch, I'll kick it to you first. What do you think of this game, and what is your betting pick? Yeah, you know, I think uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon is giving us another absolute mess for Thursday night. I kind of love it. It's going to be great to be sitting around with this going on in the background. As we watch the Falcons cover minus three against the Panthers. Oh, interesting. So you think... uh... Their woes are gonna, um, and they're they're near, and what should have been a loss to the Panthers. You think they're gonna get over that? I do, and you know, I don't think it's that the Falcons are gonna get any better. I think it's the Panthers are just so unbelievably bad that it's kind of comical. All right, yeah. Um, Bean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I like that, Mitch. I was looking at that earlier, and I was like, it's way too obvious to take that. So. I went, I went a different route. I, my TNF bet is Carolina under two and a half touchdowns for minus 110. Um, I, don't think they, I don't think they can even put up that many touchdowns. Granted, they did against the Bengals, but it was garbage time. Um, I don't even know if it's going to be P.J. Walker or Baker Mayfield this week. Um, there was some confusion regarding that. And, um, yeah, as we mentioned last time, the uh, – I don't know. I feel like Atlanta hung around a little bit with the Chargers. Um, 
and I think their run game will be a lot more improved uh, with Cordero Patterson fully back this week. I like it. I like it. And uh, I think, I think Bean, you just talked me out of my bet unintentionally. So I, I'm going to flip it a 180 on its head here. Um, the over-under is 44. My initial thought was, oh, that's an easy over. They put up 71 points last time combined. Uh, their defenses allow a combined 50 points per game. But I think that's why I'm going to take the under. Uh, the over to me just makes too too much sense. I think uh, a lot of betters are going to be on the over because of what happened last time. Um, but I don't think either offense is all that good. So I could see this one. Uh, Mitch, I'm with you. I like Atlanta minus three, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, I think the Falcons are going to win this like 24 to 10. Yeah. For sure, I can see so, that. So, Bean, you talked me out of it. I'm, I'm going the under 44. And whenever I'm complaining to you on Thursday, again, just remind me of this conversation and uh, shut me up. And it's going to go through one year and get out the other. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, great. Any other words on Thursday night? Um, I know it's not the most exciting game, but... Uh, We'll see. I, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun to watch for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, it can't be any worse than the other Thursday night games we've seen. <laughs> True that. At least it's yeah. not the Broncos again. Cool. Uh, well, let's get into the weekend slate. We've got uh, our locks of the week first. So the lock of the week parlay, it started out 0-5. We won the next week to bring it back to even units and then we've lost three straight so boys we've got to win within the next two weeks if we want to uh make this profitable again so mitch i'm gonna get go to you first give you a chance to redeem yourself after that terrible packers pick last week who is your lock of the week you know darius i think you alluded to it earlier I'm going to hammer against the Lions again. It's going to be Bears minus two and a half. It's time to shine. You can play good against Miami and have a close loss, and it's fine. But you can't be losing to the Lions if you're actually a decent team. Or even a halfway decent team. Or just a team that's not absolute bottom of the league. So it's time to bear down. I I like it, Mitch. I actually do like that pick a lot. I know that it's really biased. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Lions had their big win last week against the Packers. The Bears are in need of a big win, and I, I think the Bears are going to stomp, curb stomp the Lions. Uh, Bean, who is your lock of the week? Yeah, I, so I looked at the Buffalo-Minnesota game at first, um, and the the Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites. So I, I was looking at Minnesota plus five-and-a-half because they play close games. And they keep, as they did with Washington as well, they were down 10 points in the fourth quarter and they brought it back and actually won by only three. Um, but then I was like, the game's at Orchard Park, so you never know. The Bills could just show up and win by 30. So I went Tennessee minus three. Um, 
They lost by three last week, but I think they'll get back on track. I think Tannehill's going to be back. Even if he isn't, who cares? Derrick Henry's just going to have 250 rushing yards. <laughs> I love it. Um, I looked at, at this one. Uh, I might include it in my pick five um, because I, I do think the Titans are the better team. But... Uh, the Broncos play the Broncos and the Titans both play in such low scoring games that like I could see this one pushing or the Broncos coming up with some like miracle game winning drive, especially I don't know what Russell Wilson's record is off of a bye, but I have to imagine it's pretty good. Um, but I do like the pick overall to round out our lock of the week parlay. I really went back and forth with this a lot. Um, but what I came to with my decision is Cowboys minus five. Um, the Packers have absolutely nothing going for them at this point in the season. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks flustered. The receivers don't look like they know what they're doing. I think Micah Parsons is going to have a field day. And, uh, I don't think Green Bay's defense can can stop the Dallas offense. So give me the Cowboys minus five to round out the parlay. I like that. This reminds me of the uh, game where Cooper Rush went into Los Angeles, just managed the game, and the defense just had – I think the defense had like two scores, like all kinds of interceptions and everything. This might be that game for the Dallas defense. Yeah, it, it makes me a little bit nervous that all three of us picked favorites, but uh, I do like them. Bears minus two and a half. Titans minus three and Cowboys minus five for plus five ninety six odds. Guys, I think we have our first lock of the week parlay winner in four weeks. I think this is a great week to tail us. Yeah, no, I really love it. Honestly, looking at those three games, they were kind of the three games that I was going over for my lock of the week. So it kind of terrifies me that that both of you picked up on that. <laughs> my betting history. So, oh no! Yeah, no. This one is definitely one that I like so much that I almost hate, and I kind of got that sense from you since you weren't saying anything. Yeah, it's kind of scary to me thinking about him. Like, why do I love all of these games so much? Um, especially on a week that I didn't like very many bets. Yeah, true that. Um, I guess this is kind of a side note. Uh, but another bet that I really, really like this week, uh, it's another parlay. Um, it's the Raiders, the Cowboys and the Giants, all money line. All of them are like five to six and a half point favorites. Um, but money line, uh, it's plus 173 for the three of them. So that's another bet that I'm placing because I love all three of those teams to win. Uh, the Raiders, uh, while they, they have nothing to cheer about, both of their wins this season have come at home. Uh, the Colts have nothing going. Again, I still am not a believer in Sam Ellinger. Uh, I think Jeff Saturday is a terrible pick for a coach. Uh, again, I just explained my reasoning for the Cowboys and then the Giants. Um, they've been much better than expected. The Texans are the worst team in the NFL right now. So I like all three of those teams to win. I don't know if they'll cover, but at least to win. Yeah, Darius, we were bashing on Derek Carr earlier. I think this is the, exactly the kind of game 
Josh McDaniel need Josh McDaniels probably needs to like kickstart his Raiders career. And yeah, the Giants at home against the Texans should should be should be fine. So I like that parlay. Cool. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, uh maybe bets that we don't love as much. Uh I'll I'll kick this one off with our long shots just because uh, I will fully admit by the time this episode is released, I think the odds will drop beneath our plus 200 uh, required odds for the long shot bet. Um, I did manage to get this last night at uh, plus 210. Uh, It's already dropped to plus 190. And again, I think it'll drop even lower. This is my third week in a row betting against the Bills. I like Vikings money line. Um, Josh Allen's injury just terrifies me and the Vikings are hot and I think they're going to keep it rolling over the bills because if Josh Allen doesn't play, they don't really have a running game to pick up for it. No, I, I, I like that one too. That was kind of the one that I was looking at like, Oh, but it's not quite plus 200. So I ended up going a little bit differently this week because I didn't like any of the plus 200 odds. So I parlayed together a same-game parlay that Darius, you're either going to love me or hate me. Steelers, plus 2.5, and, and over 40.5 in that game for plus 250. Ooh. Ooh the, the points is what scares me. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to like the Steelers in this game, but I do just because I think the Saints have underperformed this year. Um and I don't know if TJ Watt is coming back this week. I think there's a chance. Um, but either way, I think the Steelers' defense is going to play well against the Saints' offense. Uh, Mike Tomlin is 11-4 and four in his career coming off of the bye week, uh, which obviously great chances there. Um, but yeah, the points are what scares me because – the Saints defense is good. The Steelers defense is good. The Steelers offense is bad. And the Saints offense is uh, back and forth, but pretty mediocre. Yeah. I look at it. I'm like, all I need is a 21, 24 type game, you know, something in the mid to low twenties for each team. I think it's doable. It's a pretty low over under number to start. So that gives me a little bit of hope there and it's a long shot. So you never know. Yeah, true that, true that. Um, I think the under is so obvious that that the over just makes sense. Agreed. Um, Cool. Well, Bean, let's let's throw it over to you. What's your long shot? So I went for an SGP as well. Rams money line at home to the Cardinals. And... Under 43.5 points for plus 200. Um, I think when these two met in uh, in the desert um, a couple of months ago, it was 20 to 10. And the Rams at home haven't like, really blown anybody out of the water. I remember they had a game against the Falcons where they almost did a Falcons against the Falcons. They lost to the Cowboys. But all these games have been like 24-10, 24-17, like that. So, yeah, I can see them like scraping this one out. Because the Cardinals themselves are terrible, but it's not going to be a high-scoring game. Can you repeat that one more time? What you took? Rams money line and under forty-three and a half points in the game. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think I think that's a really good pick. Uh, 
just because that that uh, graphic came out of Kyler Murray 0 and 1 since Call of Duty came out. Now Call of or Ty- Kyler Murray 0 and 2 since Call of Duty came out. I think <laughs> that uh, we're gonna hit at least three on that uh, on that train. I mean, he's got to hit level 100 before he can start going back to the playbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got a he's got some some grinding to do. Uh, cool. Good long shots. I, I actually, I like all of our long shots this week. Mitch, yours is throwing me off, but I think it's throwing me off so much that I kind of like it. it it's um, just weird enough and dumb enough. It could hit. Yeah, true that. And I, I almost went for, for, uh, a little parlay as my long shot, but I had to hop on the Vikings just because, um, it's hard to, it's hard to bet against a one loss team when the team they're facing has an injured star quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Well, let's go to our over-unders. Uh, I know we were all talking about how much we hate the overs this week. So, Mitch, I was kind of shocked to see you put one into a uh, same-game parlay. But, uh, Mitch, I'll go back to you again first. Um, what Do you like any overs this week? No, honestly, I really hated all of them, so I just – picked one that I thought wouldn't hit at all and had to fade myself. So that's the Vikings bills over 45 and a half. All right. Interesting pick. Um, I mean, I suppose if Josh Allen does play, then it could go back and forth as a shootout, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting pick. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was kind of a shot in the dark a little bit, but it's just one of those games that I feel like anything can happen in. It's going to be a bit of an unpredictable game. So I'm like, why not give it the over for the week? I hated all of the other overs. Yeah. True that. True that. When in doubt, just uh, throw the dart at the board and hope for the best. That's definitely not what a degenerate does at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 not at all. Uh, Bean, uh, who you got? So, yeah, I, I agree with Mitch. The overs this week were terrible. But I'm going for the Munich game. The, uh, Seattle against uh, the Buccaneers over 44. Um, the Buccaneers will probably put up like 16, 17. And the, I think the Seahawks can put up 27. As I was saying earlier, a couple of garbage time touchdowns with the lead already there um, from Kenneth Walker or like somebody on the Bucks. 44 seems like it should hit. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I... I'll admit I don't like that over. I think the Buccaneers' defense is um, decent. I mean, underperforming, but they're good. Um, And I trust the Seahawks to put up their share of the 23 points, but I do not trust the Buccaneers. Yeah, it's it's a it was it was kind of a shot in the dark, but I just thought the Bucks' defense were so injured that you know. Might be a good game for Kenneth Walker for the sake of fantasy as well. But true. Good point. Yeah. yeah. More from this game in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh I'll give my over then and then a Mitch, I'll jump right to you because I think I know what your under is. Um my over is Giants Texans, uh over forty and a half. My notes for this game are giant IDK. Um I don't know. I guess I just kind of got a feeling that these two offenses are so bad that I am kind of tempted to say that they both have really good running games. So 
maybe they can each put up 20 points and hit the 40. Darius, I, I actually have this game as my under. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I really don't love – I didn't love any of the overs this week. I thought the games that should be overs are way too high. For example, the Jags and Chiefs. I was like, oh, yeah, that's an over, but it's 50 and a half, and I just – I don't trust that. Yep. Um, Browns, Miami, 48 and a half. That's a high over. Um, yeah, uh, so – I, I I just I picked Texans Giants because it's a game that shouldn't go over, so I think it might. <laughs> yeah, the overs this week are like four or five points way too high. So I mean I can I can see that game hitting the over, but I was just like the the Giants don't put up that many points and neither do the Texans. They're probably gonna cancel each other out. Yeah, they need <laughs> Saquon to score like six touchdowns. No, we need <laughs> Saquon to score three touchdowns. And then Damian Pierce to score another three. Hey, whatever works, works. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, Mitch, like I said, I'll go to you first. Uh, what is your under? Well, being back-to-back weeks, my under is your over. We're going with the Munder in Munich. Seahawks, Bucks, 45 and a half. To me... This screams a sleepy game in front of a bunch of really drunk German people who don't understand anything that's happening in front of them. And I'm going to be absolutely here for it early in the morning on Sunday. Dude, we're in like a Mexican standoff right now. I'm going up against Darius. I'm going up against you. You both went up against each other in fantasy last week. It's like... Boy, it's getting testy at the midway point in the season, you know? It's coming head to head. All right, but... Bean. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and uh, do you want to say anything else about Giants Texans, or have we talked about that game enough? I think I think I think we're we're in all in agreement that we're not in agreement about what's going to happen in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, agreed. Agreed that we're not in agreement. So for my under, I, I am taking a brand new game. My initial pick was. Chargers 49ers under 45 and a half uh, just because I think the 49ers defense is good the Chargers defense is decent uh, the 49ers are going to run the ball a lot and use up the clock but I do think that there's that chance that that game could t- could turn into a shootout even though I don't think it will so last minute I am uh, changing my under to the Colts and Raiders under 42 and a half. Um, I just don't think that the Colts can score any points with Sam Ellinger as quarterback. Um, they have put up 16 and three points with him at the helm. Uh, and 10. Did he play the Titans game? No, that was, or was that Matty Ice still? Uh, my memory doesn't go back that far. <laughs> I think it was Matty Ice. Either way, uh, the Colts have not been putting up points. It was Matty Ice. Um, but yeah, with Sam Ellinger at the helm, uh, I don't think that they'll score very much. The Raiders, I do think, will put up a decent amount of points. But 17. I think it's... <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, De- Devontae Adams with two or three touchdowns. 
uh, and nobody else on the team doing anything. Except, I guess, Josh Jacobs. He, he's he been he's been a factor. Uh, but anyway, um, I think it's going to be a similar result to the Colts-Patriots game last week where the Patriots won 26-3. I think it's going to be similar where the Raiders put up mid-20s and the Colts maybe barely get into double digits. Uh, either way, less than 42 and a half. And uh, that'll be the under. Yeah, no, Darius, this might be a game where the Raiders put up 17 points and don't have to worry about a fourth quarter comeback. Yeah, so. yeah, true, true that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go ahead, Mitch. I, I was just thinking this game screams 28 to 7 to me. <laughs> Hey, but, I'm cool with that. I'm cool. Yeah, with that. That, that gives you an extra, you know, touchdown to spare. So I, I, I love that. I think. Well, and, and that's the thing is like for that game to hit the over, it would have to be a 28 to 17 final, and like, that's just so many points for these two teams to put up. So I, I just don't, I just don't see that as a possibility. Yeah. And now that I say that, it will happen. But, <laughs> oops. <laughs> that's how it's been going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cool. Well, that wraps up our betting preview. Uh, let's get on to our games of the week. Then we'll touch on anything else that we missed. And then let's go to bed because, boys, we've been talking a while and I am tired. Um, so, Bean, your game of the week. Um, there's some interesting ones this week, but I'm going to go with the 49ers at home to the Chargers. Um, the Chargers last week, uh, you know, they they tried their best to lose that game, and Atlanta handed it to them. As you were mentioning, like there were some defensive, like there were some turnovers as well. Um, obviously, Keenan Allen, I don't know if he's going to be back in this game, um, and if, and uh, Mike Williams has been out, but I think this might be a game for the Chargers offense to, you know, make some noise. But the 49ers coming off of the bye week are going to be a tough test. Um, they need the win so that they can keep pace with the Seahawks and the Chargers need the win so that they can keep pace with the Chiefs. So it's going to be an interesting game on primetime Sunday night. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think it'll be, at least I'm hoping it's a fun game because, again, this is one of those matchups at the beginning of the year that if you would have showed it to me, I would have been like, oh, that's going to be an amazing game. And, uh, again, the, the Chargers have just had the injury bug, which is unfortunate. Right. Uh, Mitch, your game of the week. Yeah, I think this is another week with a clear-cut top game, being the Vikings and the Bills. Uh, Both top of the division, both, you know, Super Bowl aspirations coming up now, I think. So how do they handle the pressure coming down the stretch in the second half? I think will be really interesting to look at. Um there's also a couple of other interesting games of just like teams needing to handle their business. You know, the Giants need to thrash the Texans, the Titans need to thrash the Broncos. So I think the one o'clock slate's really going to tell us a lot about every team that plays in it as to how they're going to perform coming into the the playoff stretch. Yeah, another great pick. Um, my game of the week is Lions and Bears. Um, I, I just, I wrote down in my notes that this game is just going to be electric. Um, as you've said, Justin Fields has been unstoppable the past few weeks. Uh, the lions have just been a fun team to watch, uh, with 
a few explosive matchups. Um, if the over weren't so high, I would love it in this game. Uh, but I think it's going to just be a f- just one of those games that is fun. So, yeah, I love it. I initially loved this over, but then I came to the realization the Lions are either going to score 60 or they're going to score six. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so that, sure. that scared me off of that over. But no, I think it's going to be absolutely electric. I really, really hope. I, well, I will get this game being in Michigan for the first time. I get to be happy about watching the Lions. That's a first. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, games we miss. Um, I guess just one thing I wanted to mention. We talked about this game, the Munich game. Um, I love the Seahawks to win this game. I really do. Uh, I'm surprised nobody put it into their, the lock of the week parlay, but I love the Seahawks in that game. So just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Plus 120 money line. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jags chiefs. We didn't really mention, um, chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite. I think they'll cover that, especially, um, with their offensive struggles against the Titans last week, I think they're going to be out and ready to play. Um, but yeah, I don't think that'll be a very good game to watch. There is the only way the Jags win this game is if Travis Etienne has like 200 rushing yards. For sure. And you, you can't rely on that against uh, a Mahomes high-powered offense. Nope. Yeah. I was going to say the only one that, the way they win this game is if Patrick Mahomes misses the exit to the stadium. yeah well yeah because i mean that's what the titans tried to do the chiefs last week and it worked until it didn't because there just comes a point when the chiefs are gonna put up points and you can't ground and pound your way to 30 points yep um browns dolphins we didn't really talk a whole lot about um i think i would like the dolphins as three point favorites but as three and a half point favorites that's a that's a tough spread uh, the Browns are a pretty dangerous team with the running game. I think this is going to be another high-scoring one. Yeah, AFC North against AFC East games. I think even the Bengals-Miami game, oh, that was 42 points, I guess. But yeah, Cleveland coming off of the bye, decent running game. Um, and the Dolphins with uh, two are probably going to throw five touchdowns. Yeah, yes. The the Browns need to shape up their defense because it's not looked great and going against the Dolphins offense, uh, it could be a long day. Yep. Having Jalen um, Waddle on my fantasy team, I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> As a Steelers fan, I also hope so. Uh, we had Texans-Giants. Um, the six-and-a-half point spread scares me uh, just because I, I think I'm still caught up on – the Giants of old, and uh, I don't trust them to beat anybody by a full touchdown. But and not that they really have beaten too many teams by a full touchdown this year. Uh, and, and the Texans, while not very good, they've kind of hung around in some games. So I just I like the Giants to win, but I, I don't know about that six and a half point spread. Yeah, the Texans are masters at tanking. They always lose by just enough to lose the game, but not too much that everybody is like, oh, they just stopped playing this season. Yeah, it's weird because the Texans are definitely 
like record wise, as well as I think in general, the worst team in the NFL. But unlike when like the Lions went 0 16 or when the Browns went 0 16, like it's not like you can just write them off as an easy win like you could some of those bad teams. No, if they got a lucky fumble late in the game, they could easily win a good team. Yeah, I mean, against Tennessee two weeks ago, they were right in that up until the end at 10 to 10. Right. Um, Cool. Other games we didn't touch on. Oh, Monday night, Commanders Eagles. Eagles are 11 point favorites. Uh, Do the Commanders stand a chance of covering? I I know they're not going to win, but do they stand a chance of covering 11? They have a chance. I don't think it's a great chance. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, I think this game smells like backdoor cover to me, but I think the Eagles are going to win by 20-plus. If the Eagles can get up by 20, I don't think there's any chance of I actually, cover. But yeah. I actually think this might be like a, an 8-10 to 10 point win for the Philly. So they, they might actually keep it within a plus 11. Interesting. Yeah. Um, might be a Monday night game that I don't pay too much attention to because uh, unless I have money on it, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a fun game to watch, but you never know with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Yep. Uh, By week teams this week, we've got Bengals, Patriots, Jets, and Ravens. So some time off for the AFC East and the AFC North. Um, all four teams right in the hunt of the playoffs. So um, I in all four teams capable of putting up points, which is maybe why we didn't like the overs very much this week. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a good time for the bye week for all four of those teams because they're, they're feeling good about where they're at. Um, I think, yeah, all four of those teams won their game last week. So um, riding into the bye week high, going into the second half of the season strong. So, yep, Ravens are going to be sleeping well, knowing that Mark Andrews might be back when they're back after the bye week. The Jets beating the Bills, what could be better? True that. All right, well, uh, guys, that was a long episode, but uh, we stuck through it. We did it. We recapped week nine. We previewed week 10, and in between, we had our midweek check-in. Um. Thank you guys, as always, for recording with me. It's a ton of fun. Uh, For the listeners, thank you for for tagging along. Um, If you like it, please share this podcast. Again, we don't claim to be any good at betting. We know we're not, but it's just a fun time. We love football. We love uh, responsibly throwing around a few bucks on some games. Um, We wish you all the luck in all of your betting uh, endeavors. We hope you have a great week 10, and we hope you have a great second half to this 2022-2023 NFL season. We will see you next week. Let's ride.